authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short nonfiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is a mid-year mashup of the rest of the guests from the Hybrid Author Podcast in 2023 to date, such as me, Joanne Morell, on five things an authorship career brings other than money, new adult sweet romance author Tiffany Noel Chacon on facing your fears, Jess Gately on editing for authors, New York Times best-selling and multi-award winning crime author Ellie Marnie on hybrid authorship and writing crime. Adult contemporary historical fiction, middle grade and paranormal young adult author Sasha Wosley on managing multiple pseudonyms. Award-winning author and publisher at Gumnut Press Polly Holmes on writing cozy mysteries. Primary author Alex Holland on fantasy and sci-fi secret ingredients. Award-winning children's and young adult author Lisa van der Whelan on keeping writing and publishing momentum as an indie author. And best-selling romantic suspense and alpine crime author lee christine on why it's never too late to turn lifelong dreams into reality So in my author adventure this week, I'm starting to get a little antsy as submission deadlines for my children's fiction, specifically a picture book I have sitting with a couple of publishers are due for notification. So fingers crossed for me out there, it's for a publication contract and not a rejection or continued deathly silence. Although what is it they say? No news is good news. (laughs) I, I can't help but keep checking into my submittable account to see if there's new any new notifications. I'm sure you all do the same if you've had some publishers use this um, oh I guess third party technology that you submit your work through rather than to their website but it's just a and it's like an online on onboarding platform type of thing and then you can keep logging in to check the status of your work. I've got a couple of things with different people in there so it just keeps saying in progress, received. Uh, Yeah, there's a few declines in there as well from over the years. I've been busy with some freelance article writing work I've secured as well as continuing on writing up a storm in my women's fiction project during the long drives to each destination which I only share the ins and outs, the ups and downs, side to sides around this project in my newsletter. So if you're keen to know more about these works, you can head on over to the Hybrid Author website and sign up for your free author pass, where you'll instantly receive a 14-page document, yours to keep, outlining how to go about discovering your writing process, publish productively, and get comfortable promoting you and your work as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally, producing your books, as well as fortnightly newsletters from me with insights into my women's fiction rapid release experimental project and hybrid author musings. I don't share anywhere else in caravan plans we're we've crossed into the nt <laughs> we're in the northern territory and uh when we came up for the sign and it said uh thank you for visiting western australia and then it said welcome to the northern territory i went Whoa! 
and we just started screaming because I just wanted to get out of Western Australia. I just wanted to get out of the state. And it's been, we've been traveling for now for about seven or eight weeks. So it's been a couple of months and we finally made it. Western Australia is massive. It is so huge and it's got such amazing stuff. But I'm really, really excited to be here. We are in Darwin. We are at the top of Australia and I'm absolutely sweating my box off. And it's the dry season, which is meant to be their winter, but it's still in like 30 degrees and my hair's just went... It's just like this first ball. Not that it matters. I've got a hat on my head and, you know, we just sort of swim all the time. So, you know, it is, it, it's very tropical. We've only been here like a, a night or whatever, but we're actually stopping here now for a month. So I'm quite excited about that as well, to be staying put. And we're in a really nice um, caravan park. So it's it's quite fancy, actually. And I'm, you know, quite happy about that. There's lots of things for the kids to do. And they've, you know, we know another traveling family here. Shout out to the Barefoot Kiwis. And uh, their kids are here, so we've we've caught up with them. And uh, yeah, stopping here to spend a bit more time here and work and, and do different things. So very, very exciting. We beforehand, we did visit Lake Argyle and that was, it was on my bucket list and the infinity pool there, it's like a pool that looks over these mountains and it's absolutely beautiful and breathtaking, but it was, it was really muggy there. And we were sort of parked up on this hill that had rocks and it was just, it was bit uncomfortable. We didn't really enjoy it that much. The kids kind of lost their SHIT a fair bit and it was a bit of aggro so yeah it wasn't the best. We were only there for a few days which was a shame but I did go to the Heritage was it Heritage? It was like a station historical building and learned all about um oh my gosh (laughs) obviously I didn't learn much if I can't even remember their names but um yeah I I just I learned some of the history and it's just still boggling me that I I feel very interested in in all this sort of stuff so yeah it was good So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further on your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. Let's all support each other. That brings us to the third thing an authorship career brings instead of money, and that is helping people, helping others. I always feel like I would love to help others realise few years into the writing career that my writing can help others when I think of helping others I think you know having to go and do something for them or you know something physical like give them a present or help them do the housework or just help someone in that regard I didn't really ever think that by writing my books they could help someone one day especially my non-fiction ones and they were never planned that's only just come out of having a writing career and going out and experiencing things that these books came about but I'd always gone out to be a writer as a fiction author. So freelance writing quick tips for fast success is out there mainly for well for anybody who wants to start up a freelance writing business so it touches on various tips to help with mindset, business values, rates of pay. Mainly I see this book for writing students so that's going to help them if they want to step up freelance, freelance writing business and just get started because there was tips in there that I uh, learned only by doing. So if my experiences can help another. Also author fears and how to overcome them. This book is already starting to resonate with a few authors and yeah they just 
that they said that it really connects with them and I'm finding out more and more how many authors established and in all walks of life experience the fears I call them fears there's probably different names for them that I've gone through from putting myself out there and with my work and self-doubt and self-belief and uh, being judged and all sorts <laughs> worried about other people's opinions and just heaps of things I've put that all into a book and that might help another author soothe them a bit that oh hang on feeling like this is absolutely completely normal and it you don't have to think it's to do with you or you're not good enough or your work isn't great or anything like that it's just it's actually all part of it because it's such a personal author adventure that we're on that putting yourself out there for others to judge is a really scary thing with this book it felt from the very beginning like this is my book and i i felt so confident in it even though even with all the past rejections it was it was kind of a a strange piece that I had with this book that I can do this and I don't need someone else behind me saying oh yeah this book is good like it's enough for me to say this is this is good enough and this book will find its ideal reader without you know a, a traditional publisher behind me and so I didn't go through the querying process I didn't do any of that you know I hired you know professional editor and you know worked with a bunch of beta readers and did that due process but this was really from the very beginning me saying I'm gonna take a chance on myself. This is something you learn a bit more with experience is that at some point you do just have to let it lie. But the truth is, is that a story is never finished. And that's not just because the author or the editor or the publisher is not finished with it. It's because it then goes into the hands of readers and every reader brings with them their own background, their own knowledge, their own preconceptions about how the world works and how they expect this story to play out. And they bring all that with them and that's how they interpret it. And so every single person that picks up that book is going to have a different journey with it then then you get into the world of adaptations and I I always find the discussion around adaptations really interesting because everyone's like oh well it's it's either faithful or it's not faithful and I sort of think well you know whoever wrote that adaptation wrote it because some part of it resonated with them and the adaptation they've made is is faithful to what they took away from that particular Mm -hmm. work and I think that's where the idea of faithful and unfaithful tend to clash because some people resonate with it with that particular aspect and some people don't. So in that sense, yeah, no, storytelling in general and it never changes and never ends. And as editors, that's part of our job is to know when when to let, let, let the go, sleeping yeah. dogs die. People are always talking about how fascinating serial killers are. And that's a real thing in our popular culture that we seem to be really obsessed with people like Ted Bundy and, you know, the recent series about Jeffrey Dahmer. And we've we've got a real bug you know, about these serial killers and how and why they did what they did. And I think, you know, that's fair enough because those sorts of people have a completely aberrant psychology to us, to regular people. And they're going to behave in very unpredictable and interesting ways, you know, so that's interesting for a reader or for a viewer. But I'm not just interested in those people. I'm also really interested in what makes a person wake up in the morning decide that they're going to be a homicide detective? You know, they're going to encounter the most brutal, hostile, difficult kind of circumstances in every case that they take on. You know, what drives somebody to become, you know, involved in law enforcement 
or to take on the kind of role of detective. They have, those people have a really interesting psychology too, actually. It's not something that I'd even thought about before I started writing crime, but the more I've gotten into it, the more I've started to think, you know, this is... This is an equally interesting perspective. I would try and think really hard about the reasons why. If you are going to choose a pseudonym, I would suggest that you stick with something that is very similar to your actual real first name or actual keep your first real name because it can get confusing when you're out at a festival and someone's calling Ash, Ash across the yeah. <laughs> across the green room and you, you're like, huh, huh? oh, that's me. If you're going to switch names around, then maybe go with your last name. Do have a think about where you're going to sit on the shelf. That is a consideration. I don't know. Maybe it's not as big a consideration as I think it is. But when I go into a bookshop, I like to see my books front row center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like to have to move them myself. <laughs> yeah. So I guess they'd be um, the main tips. Think about where you are in the alphabet. Think about the pronounceability of your name, uh, what your name says about you. You know, if you're an own voices writer, then maybe keep that name that, that speaks to that. Yeah. You know, there's a whole bunch of considerations there. They're just a few of them. I think the biggest thing is just to, to never give up. I know we say that really easily. And, you know, I oh, don't give up. Keep going. But there's always a point where you want to go, I'm no good at this and I want to give up. You've just got to work through that because if that's the dream that you want or is that, if that's the goal you want, you've got to, to step over that that fear and, and keep going. Don't believe the first person who tells you everything because they may not be as adverse in, in, the, in the industry as you think. Get more opinions. Get get another opinion. Go and ask someone else. Get Don't believe the first thing the first editor tells you. Do research on the people that you're working with or the people that want to work with you so that you actually immerse yourself in the industry and um, around the right people. If I want my book by X date and I am aiming for 100,000 words as a nice kind of benchmark, how many words do I need to write a day? And just do that and then do that again that again next day next day next day next day and then my book came to me like it was as simplistic as that as taking a really big idea the macro idea breaking it down to its micro what is it that I need to do right here right now today and then doing that same thing again repeatedly and if you get say it was 50 words a day across x number of months to get to where I want it to be it was okay if I just hit 50 it was okay if I just hit 500 as long as I was making that consistent progress daily, I knew I was going to get to where I wanted to be. Yeah, that's right. And I think with writing momentum, it always comes in waves. And when that inspiration is there, it's so important to take that opportunity when it arises to actually write and be creative. So it's very hard to find that balance sometimes. But I think it, it is all about prioritising and trying to balance um, as life is a balancing act, I think. Uh, and to focus on the old work and the new work, I find I go back to trying to promote some of my older work um, along the way and try and balance that time out. And there are times of year where certain books are better to promote than others. But I try and set aside a few hours each week where I focus on my old work and then I prioritise most of my time to actually writing and putting out new work. I doubted I'd get published. Then when I was published, I 
started worrying about whether my books would sell. So I'm sure there's a lot of authors out there that can relate to that. If you're going to be a writer or any creative for that matter, you, you are putting your work out to be criticised and you have to expect that and you can't please everybody. We all have our favourite and a criticism of your book or your art or your music isn't a criticism of you as a person. I mean, we all know movie stars who have made great actors who have made terrible movies. So I just thought to myself, well, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to put your work out there and try to take the criticism, any criticism and feedback on board and, and learn from it. So there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that mid-year mashup of our esteemed Hybrid Author Podcast guests today in 2023, sharing amazing authorly advice to help you get ahead in your author career. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have crime thriller author of 33 books and counting, Philip Strain, chatting to us on marketing methods for authors. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.